This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. How's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 40. That's right, we're in our 40s. We're crawling into our year anniversary time. Oh, we're feeling old, but we're young at the same time. That's okay. That's okay. I'm talking about feeling old. It's hard not to feel old when you're on a Zoom call with none other than Blue Army TV's Liam Denward. Hello, Liam. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Not bad. Great to be back on. I feel like it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. We've had you on once this season. And actually, just before I forget, I'm going to add this to my notes. We are going to tell you what the next head-to-head challenge is going to be between the two of us. Wills is going to get involved in that one. Wills, who isn't on the show today, he's going to get involved in that one. Well, obviously, we'll spill the beans on what the next challenge is going to be between the Blue Army rivalries. Get it. But, um... So we uh, should we kick things off with tradition? That's what we normally do here on the Blue Army Podcast. That means it's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the <laughs> Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Here we go, Liam, mate. Get ready for this one. I've actually got a funny one this week. It's a rarity. <clears throat> what... Do you call the soft tissue between a shark's teeth? I don't know. A slow swimmer. <laughs> You're never too impressed by these joke of the weeks, are you? <laughs> it was better than last week's. It was better than last week's. So and then the audio died last week. So at least we survived a bit longer, right? Um, I do want to mention just before we move on, I think I advertised on Instagram that Derek Holmes was going to be guesting on today's show. He's going to join us in maybe a couple of weeks' time. Unfortunately, it just had something that came up. Um, and it serves me right for advertising something before I've got the recording in the bag for the first time, eh? Bloody cheeky of me. But Liam, thank you very much for stepping in today. And uh, I'll do the rundown, mate, so you know what you're in for. Shall we crack on with it? Yeah, spawn. All right, let's do it. On the pod today, myself and Liam will kick things off with something different as we take a look and round up this weekend's Premier League 
action. After that, we'll take a look at results closer to home as there'll be a good old match crack double. That's the first time in a while since we've done a match crack double as we give our thoughts on Carlisle's games against Newport and Oldham. And then, obviously, the big news that's been announced in the last couple of hours since we've jumped on this Zoom call, mate, is that Carlisle United have appointed a brand new manager. His name is Keith Millen. And he's signed up to be Carlisle's newest manager on an 18-month deal. The 55-year-old former defender. So what's going on on today, mate? What's going on on today's show? Um, obviously, like I said, we're going to kick things off by taking a look at the Premier League's results that we had this weekend. And that's the first time we've sort of done this. But I have had a couple of comments asking us to maybe look at wider football. And I think Premier League is sort of what they mean uh, when they're asking for wider football. I'm sure they'd say more League 2 if they wanted more League 2. So, yeah, we're going to have a little cheeky look around the Premier League. But first, Liam, I've enjoyed all of the Newcastle takeover debate and all the things that have been coming up around the Newcastle takeover. And I've had a good discussion with a lot of people over... Um, this very question, and I'll ask you this question, mate. It'll be a bit of fun, uh, just a little bit of fun, nothing too serious, because no one expects you to become Newcastle's next manager. But if you were to become Newcastle's next manager and were plonked with the millions and billions at your disposal, being realistic in the footballing world that we're in right now, who do you think you could get hold of for your first three January signings. Who are your first three recruits coming into Newcastle? I think number one would have to be Southampton's James Ward-Prowse. I think he's oh. one of those ones where it's like, he's achievable sort of thing, but he's also like a real quality. He's not too old. I think he would be, he would be like the perfect sort of in-betweener for, for like progressing them on forwards because that's what I think they're missing a decent midfielder as well. Like, you know, there's only so much you, you can watch John Joe Shelby without thinking he needs replaced. But... <laughs> no one's really said anything would... about the centre of the park before because obviously they got, like, Maximum sometimes plays in the middle there or at least in some kind of, like, role where he kind of pulls everything together sometimes. Uh, so no one's really gone for the middle of the park. Everyone's gone for sort of strikers and a defender from who I've spoken to. James Ward-Price would be a great shout. And like you said, very achievable, only being over at Southampton. He's been there for a long time. And obviously none of the top six teams have bothered to touch him yet. So why wouldn't he take the move? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, second on the list, I think, would be the way Leeds are going at the minute. They look like they could be in a bit of a relegation scrap this season with Newcastle. And if it yeah. came a next season where maybe Newcastle stayed up and Leeds have gone down, I think one player that would want to stay in the Premier League would be Patrick Bamford. You know, and as well, English player. I think I think the Newcastle fans would. I, I think it might contrast a little bit with Callum Wilson. Now that I'm thinking about it, but Patrick Bamford will go because they're not going to go out and buy like a Haaland or an Mbappe or someone like that straight off the bat. No, I don't. You know, think, I don't. I don't think they have for the striker. I don't think they're going to be able to get a Haaland. Like, you're being realistic, and I appreciate you sticking to the criteria. I really do. I think they might be able to do a little bit better though. I think they still might be able to do a little bit better. I don't think Bamford's a bad shout, and. Um, you know, if Wilson stayed fit, then you could say that's an equal bit of competition between the two of them. Obviously, you want to kind of improve on what yeah. you've got. I would say Bamford is an improvement on Wilson because he stays fit. 
and he can stay in the team. Yeah. So it'd be more consistent for them to sort of get a game plan behind somebody like a Bamford. And obviously he's played up north before because he was with Middlesbrough. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's got the England caps as well. So he is a decent enough, he's a decent striker to have in the team, isn't he? So I, I, and he looks, and again, I don't even think it would be too expensive because I think he's like 28 or something like that now. So he's not, he's coming towards the prime of his career, but he's not a young player anymore. So he's, and, and this, some of the form he showed at Leeds is quite good. So I thought, you know, sort of that achievable player that can also go and get them further up the table, Patrick Bamford, is uh, easy choice to make it. I thought you were going to say uh, Calvin Phillips when you first mentioned Leeds, or even Dallas, uh, one of the defenders. Yeah, they'd be good shouts, but um, actually, that's a very good shout. But I think maybe Calvin Phillips would be a bit too much for them to ask, because I think he's going to go to like a Man United or a Liverpool or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think he's got it in his future. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he'll stick it out. Your third and final. Well, not your third and final. You've got all the money in the bank. You can go on all day if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Declan Rice is definitely too expensive, isn't it? Uh, too, too out of reach. So maybe... Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah, so. He's yeah, a bit, he's a bit too much, isn't he? Jesse he I think he'd linger for that Chelsea move again. Yeah, exactly. Jesse so, yeah, Lingard, uh, did you say? Sorry. Yeah, Jesse Lingard, a good maybe partner in the midfield for James Ward Prowse. He can play up top as well if he needs to be. And he's, you know, he's, he's proved with his quality at West Ham uh, that he, he, he has got the quality, but maybe not the quality for Man United. He's another one of those players that's like he's going to linger in and around like the top, the top end of mid table for, for Jesse Lingard. Yeah. I, I... With Ollie under the scrutiny that he's under, and we'll highlight one of the Premier League results a little bit later on and maybe go into talking about Ollie Gollier <laughs> Solskjaer's future in just a little bit. I don't know if he's making the right decisions there at all because obviously you've got Jesse Lingard uh, and you started Marcus Rashford and Lingard had a much better season last season, you could say, and should have been given the benefit of the doubt and been given more, more minutes this year to prove what he can do. But you can say that about a lot of people that are sitting on the Man United bench uh, week in and week out, uh, Van der Beek, obviously, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go on to talk about that result in just a couple of minutes. But yeah, man, they, they were good free. Uh, Lingard, probably the most popular pick for a lot of people. A lot of people have said Lingard would be top of uh, Newcastle's list of players to bring in. And you kind of sort out either side of the park when you do that, because you'll put like Maximum on one side, you put Lingard on the other side, and you just need to give him a decent focal point to focus the attention through the middle. Overlaps, etc. Opens up the entirety of the play. And like unbelievable shout that you made at the start there with the James Ward-Prowse, because if he can pick out those passes... Then, then the, for the overlaps, then you're laughing with those two lads on the wing, you would imagine, anyway. I'd say positive start to your Newcastle uh, management career. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, Saudi Arabia, I'm available for the job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you and everyone else, man, yeah. Go click on the link, give me your, give me your football manager CV, that's what I normally do. Isn't it? That's what I did for the Carlisle job, anyway. Disappointed not to see my name pop up in the odds, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. <laughs> I thought my star was on the rise after being in the local paper that week. I thought I might appear in the Carlisle odds. Not to be, not to be. Um, so the rest of the Premier League results started off on the Friday night with Arsenal picking up a 3-1 win against Aston Villa. You could have saw that coming. Arsenal are on their way up at the moment. They're doing quite well. Uh, they've 
Weekend results on the Saturday, see Man City beating Brighton 4-1, 2 all draw for Southampton Burnley, 1-1 for Leeds and Wolves. As we've said, Leeds are having a bit of that second season syndrome, aren't they? They're not doing very well so far. And how yeah. much time do you give Bielsa? Or do you just give them all the time in the world to sort it out? Give them all the time in the world. If they go down, I still think they should keep him because he's just he's just that next level quality of manager. Like he's I don't want to insult Leeds too much, but he's maybe a little bit too good for Leeds, if you get what I mean. But at yeah. the same time, I think I think they also need he he goes attacking no matter what, even when it's not working. And that I think that's really bit them in the arse a few times over the last few seasons. Like I think they've conceded six to Man United twice already. So and you look at the state they're in. You know, that's embarrassing stuff. But, um, you know, Bielsa, yeah, the fans absolutely adore him as well. So I don't see the reason in sacking him. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you will. I, yeah, he got him there in the first place, didn't he? So the job's his as long as he wants it to be his in a roundabout kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. Watford 5, Everton 2. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise result, to be honest. That came out of nowhere for me. What about you? Yeah, Watford, I think it was like... Be, uh, who is it they've got now? It's the old Leicester boss, isn't it? It's um, uh, they got uh, Claudio Ranieri. That's the one. You know, he, he's just he's only just starting to work his magic. I think. I think last week when they, they lost five 0 didn't they to Liverpool? Is that is that the one? Yeah, um, they did. In, yeah, his first game charge. But now he's had that sort of that first week meeting the players, getting to know what his style of play is going to be with this group of players. I think that was just his sort of like. You know when you when you get a new manager and you get that new manager bounce. I think that was the bounce when they when uh, against Everton. I don't think it's going to be as good as that for the rest of the season for Watford. But <laughs> you know, uh, Ranieri's worked um, he's worked wonders in the past. So oh, the season the title. That's, <laughs> maybe not this year. Maybe next year. The season before Ranieri took over, Leicester <laughs> just about stayed up. Uh, and they were predicted to just about stay up again. And then obviously all that sort of controversy happened and they had to get rid of the manager just before the season started. And yeah, the whole pre-season wrap-up. But yeah, you know, he went on, did amazing work there. And I can see him at least getting enough momentum behind him to gather enough points to keep Watford in the Premier League this year. I wouldn't be surprised if between March and May, they just don't win a game. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if the confidence sort of just runs out around that time. And Watford, being who Watford are, will stick with him until the end of the season, get rid of him in the summer, bring another manager in, because that's what they are. They're a manager machine, aren't they? They just eat managers. They're just yeah. a manager monster over there at Watford. Um, then we've got, obviously, we've talked about Newcastle. They drew against Crystal Palace. Patrick Vieira is having a good time at Crystal Palace, starting his sort of like... Um, I don't want to say professional management career because he's professionally managed in other leagues, but not amazingly high quality leagues. And he seems to be doing a great job at Crystal Palace. So hats off to him. And obviously Newcastle seem to be a little bit of a, well, just need to keep it together, don't they, a little bit. It's foolish of them to get rid of Bruce, though. I would. Think, I thought it was foolish of them to get rid of Bruce when they did. Yeah, I think with Bruce, it was just the fans really didn't like him. And I think that really did him a disservice because I think if he was in charge for the season, I still think that he got relegated, to be honest with you, because I just because I think he was so demoralised from the fans and from what's happening. And I think with him, I, I don't blame him, but I don't think it should have took the job in the first place at, at, like, at all, you know, being with that Sunderland connections. But 
yeah, with Steve Bruce, it was always going to happen. It was inevitable that he was going to he was going to go, especially with the takeover happening. But just because the fans, if if the fans hate you from minute one, there's not really that much hope for you. I don't think. Nah, the writing was on the wall, unfortunately. But the media, I think I said it last week, but a lot of people probably couldn't hear me last week. <laughs> the media swung things around uh, a bit for him uh, in the days leading up to his sacking and after his sacking, slandering a lot of his critics and saying that, you know, with the resources that he had, he's actually done a very good job over at Newcastle. And I am sort of inclined to agree with them slightly. He's had nothing to work with and he's managed to keep the team in the Premier League for a couple of years. Uh, like you said, there's that misty connection between Newcastle and Sunderland being the manager over either side of Tynecastle. But Tyneside, sorry. But there you go. That's, 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 that's where it is anyway. On the Sunday, Leicester beat Brentford 2-1 and killed my accumulator because I wanted a draw there. That was the only result that <laughs> let me down personally. Uh, West Ham and Spurs. West Ham won by one goal to nil. And the game that obviously would be difficult not to highlight, so we're going to have to like, zoom in on this a little bit, is the fact that Liverpool absolutely demolished Manchester United by five goals to nil. Mohamed Salah with a hat-trick, Naby Keita and Diego Jota with the other goals. Mate, Premier League history, right? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Like, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, to be fair, when it was when it was 2-0 uh, after, after 13 minutes, I did have a look for the odds for 5-0. But they were only like 80 to 1. And I don't like betting any more than a quid at a time. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming, bar Paul Scholes, apparently. There's mm. a clip of him, you know, he um, he predicted it. But look, I've got a Liverpool support and family, to be honest. So I, I, I absolutely loved every minute of them beating Man United. You know, yeah. I've been to a few Liverpool, I've been to a few Liverpool games in the past. And yeah, I I I, I there's only one United, you know, that's what we say. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see them get smashed, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, but it was brilliant. Mo Salah is probably the best player in the world right now. You know, maybe uh, maybe Carlisle could get his number for January, but um, look, he is, <laughs> he's playing out of his skin at the minute. He's, he is just on another planet. Um, and he's, I think he's the first player that doesn't play for Man United that has got a goal at Old Trafford in the Premier League, which is an unbelievable stat. You know, my dad's already ordered a... Uh, a mug with the score on it, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's history, man. It's 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 it is something special. That game, I, I watched it live. It was it was you know it was it was something special. If you're going to talk about Liverpool at the moment, you have to talk about Mohamed Salah, a reportedly commanding wages of round about four hundred thousand pounds a week now if you are on that kind of money the tax man takes half of it so i know a lot of people are thinking nah, that's a crazy amount of money for a footballer to earn but to be fair like i'm saying in this country the tax man will take half of that from him so you know he could go abroad and probably get a bit more and especially especially somewhere in uh, in france for example um, he could definitely go abroad <laughs> and get a bit more. So I don't think he's actually asking for the world on a plate. I think he's asking for a fair price for what he's doing right now for Liverpool. Is he the best player in the world right now? I would have to say, yes, he is. What do you think? Yeah, mate? I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree 100% with that. But at the same I time, I think with that wage thing, if you start um, sort of 
crumble into players' demands of wages, then you turn into like a Barcelona sort of club and the, the financial mess they're in at the minute. If I was the Liverpool board, unless they've sort of offered him them wages, I don't think they should be taking the uh, demands of the player into, con- in, into consideration because you look at Barcelona and clubs like that, Liverpool were in a bad situation financially and these owners have come in and sort of like sort of fixed that with their steady, healthy, sustainable wage structure. And I, I don't, as good as I think he is, he's coming towards the end of his career. Do they want to break everything they've worked for in that wage structure to sort of keep him there? Because I, I, I agree completely, he's probably the best player in the world at the minute, but can I not just sort of, I'd, I'd maybe lower it a bit. I'd maybe say 300,000 would probably be what he's worth staying. But, you know, you look at other players in the world, I think Messi's on about a million a week or something daft like that, isn't he? That's, you know, what, I'm, that's what I'm comparing it yeah. to. Yeah, I don't think he's asking for the world. <laughs> no, I think he's asking for a fair price for the best player in the world right now. Yeah, maybe. I I, I, I probably wouldn't do it just because I, I think it's astronomical. I can't get my head around it, to be honest with you. That... <laughs> that money there is it's such an astounding amount and you look at the wage structure like carlisle a player like messi is earning probably the entire value of carlisle in about a day and you know it, oh, it, yeah yeah f- football's <laughs> football's gone mad with wages so you know if if that's the only way to keep him go ahead do it but i if i was them i probably wouldn't it's either that, I mean, or, or eventually what will happen is these clubs will get sick of spending money and they'll tell the Premier League to put wage caps on. Yeah, well, that's what they've done at League Two level, isn't it? And it'll League start one, benefiting. Wage- yeah, yeah, but like self, think- self, self hypothesized. I don't know, when you put it on yourself, basically, they'll basically ask yeah, for yeah. salary caps to stop the wages from being able to skyrocket to crazy, crazy amounts. Yeah, well, Barcelona definitely need it, don't they? You know, that's a bit late for Barcelona. Absolutely, it's a bit late for Barcelona. Before we disappear completely away from Carlisle United, a lot of people will be thinking, "What am I? What am I tuned into? Is this the Blue Army <laughs> podcast?" A lot of people will be worrying about they've they've maybe tuned into the wrong podcast. We'll just have a quick look at what the weekend's action meant for the Premier League table. That was very match of the day style, that, wasn't it? Hey, hey. I'm pretty sure word for word, Lineker, that one. <laughs> but Chelsea are still sitting on top of the Premier League. Everybody's played nine games. Liverpool are just a point behind them. City are just a point behind them. And then West Ham are sitting comfortably within the Premier League's top four. Your bottom three right now is Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley with Leeds just sitting outside of the relegation zone with three points. Mate, there's only nine games played. I don't really think there's any point in looking at the Premier League table until around 15 games have been played. Then you can really get your teeth into some proper um, moulds and waves and how people are going to be going for the rest of the season. So we'll leave the Premier League there where it lies. I reckon we've had a good old crack about that. And we'll move on to some good old Carlisle United Match crack. Now, the first game up for me and you today is Carlisle United's 2 all draw against Newport County. Newport County obviously having two players sent off in that game. Uh, the end result being 2-2. Two, two. Um, the second red card coming after a second yellow card. I can probably... Um, I think I've dried up all of the, the the double entendres for doubling things there or times and things by two. Um, so what I'll do, mate, 
is uh, as I normally do, is kick off with the Carlisle United's starting lineup for the game against Newport County. In goal, we had Howard. At right back was Riley. Then we had Feeney, McDonald, and Dickinson making up the rest of the back line. Uh, Gibson, Guy, Mellish, and Charters with Clough and Alessandra up front. Now, I wasn't at the game, but that 4-4-2 probably wasn't the formation they were probably playing in. It was probably a bit more of a of a five with like the sort of raised wing backs and and that sort of like nice little sort of triangled midfield that they like to sort of link between the strikers. More more like the formation that you did see actually against Oldham was probably how the shape of the team was against Newport. Now, I'll go through the highlights for the game. In the first minute, Carlisle broke through. Not, and I almost said Notts County then. I've probably already said Notts County before, haven't I? Broke through Newport County's defence. And it was a beautiful bit of play between Zach Clough and Joe Riley. And Joe Riley finished off the chance after some fancy footwork and getting on the right side of his defender at the edge of the six-yard box to Put Carlisle in the lead just after a minute. Mate, that's probably the best goal we scored all season up until that point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. But um, the thing that stuck out to me the most about it was what Joe Riley did afterwards. And it was just the pure passion in that celebration, you know, pointing to the badge. He looked he looked so happy. And, and that is what I like to see. You know, that that's why Joe Riley's such a fan favourite. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's that kind of stuff that you want to see from the players, isn't it? You know, he... He, he, that clearly meant a lot to him as well as the rest of the team. You know, is that Clough starting to play a bit, uh, better? You know, he's sort of, he was our big name signing in the summer, wasn't he? And he's finally starting to come into a little bit of form. But yeah, Joe Riley, man, uh, he's so good. He needs, you know, we got John Mellish, Callum Guy on new contracts. He would be the next name on that list, I'd say, for me. You know, yeah. definitely. Joe Riley, he, he needs to stay. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he needs and to be he taking clearly, a look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it means a lot to him. So I don't see why he wouldn't want us to. So, yeah. I think now's the time. Now's the time to be putting a contract under his nose while he's happy and showing that he's happy with the club. Definitely throw another year contract under his nose with one of those uh, nice little trigger extensions if he plays like two <laughs> games or something smart like that, you know. <laughs> get him under contract, get him signed up because at the end of the day, he's the right side. Of, uh, of 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 a young professional footballer, basically, he's, he's he's got a lot of football ahead of him to be played, and he's only going to get better. And he looks like he's on probably the best form of his career so far at the moment for Carlisle United. Now things don't weren't always playing sailing. That was just in the first minute when Carlisle broke through the uh, Newport County defence. It was only a matter of three minutes. Uh, so he had the 27th minute, Telford scored, and in the in the 30th minute, he scored again. It was only three minutes it took for Newport County to turn the game on its head. And I have to say, and I don't necessarily like zeroing in on certain people, both the goals were McDonald's mistakes, but... Yeah. Maybe it's difficult to say mistake, maybe just lack of quality. And, and that sounds even worse. It does. But on the first goal for me, yeah, it was sort of a counter-attacking move. The ball came into the centre just outside the area. McDonald was way too slow, closing his man down, way too ineffective, closing his man down. Couldn't seem to get in front of the ball at all. And the attacker just got off a good shot. Telford got off a good shot. And um, yeah, it was one one one. Uh, 27 minutes gone. Disappointing from McDonald, mate, in the first goal. 
Yeah, uh, McDonald is one of them ones where I, I I don't think he really should be playing. I don't think he expected to be playing this season because obviously at the start of the season, the plan was originally with Aaron Hayden. And I think without him, that centre-back partnership would have been Hayden-Whelan. And Rod McDonald is, is there... He should be second choice, I think, because you look back at that that massive, great run we had at, at the start of last season. We had a back four of Nick Anderton, Aaron Hayden, um, Reese Bennett, and George Tanner. You know, it's all four of them are gone from the club now, just just a year on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's we had such a good defense last season. It's such a contrast this season because we're leaking goals for fun, man, and 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 there's no height. In the uh, in in the in the centre box because Corey Whelan isn't the biggest and despite what people think about Rod McDonald he, he loses all his aerial jewels despite him being a bit big so I, th- I think Jack Arm is probably the only improvement on last season but that defence it's it's leaky and I think that's going to be one of the areas a new manager needs to try and fix but yeah, yeah the, the new manager is centre back so maybe you know maybe he knows how to sort of shorten up at the back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the new manager is a defender. I mean, this lineup, you've got Riley at right back and Dickinson at left back. You are obviously trying to say that your best form of defense is attack, and you, you've kind of thrown caution against the wind with that starting lineup. Um, Whelan being on the bench, I don't know if that's just to give him sort of a bit of a break as well. Same for Armour uh, being on the bench against Newport, probably a chance to give him um, a bit of a rest. And then obviously, you want Charters to be playing games, so it's nice to see Charters. In, in the starting lineup for the game against Newport County. Away from home can take the pressure off these sort of early appearances in your career um, when you haven't got too many judgmental eyes on you. You don't necessarily have to feel the pressure so much. And he has been impressive from what I've seen of him. He's been uh, stepping up to this level quite comfortably and maybe we should start seeing him having a good run of games under the next manager. He's getting tried all over the park though, isn't he, at the moment? He's getting tried on the left. Yeah. He's getting tried on the right. He's getting put in the middle. And it's not always good for a young player's development to get him thrown all around the pitch, mate. Um, but what do you have to say about Charters? I think Charters is a very good player. Um, but the problem is, is that the midfield is probably our strongest area in the pitch at the minute. You know, Joe Riley, when, he, when we get a decent right back back, uh, Callum Guy, John Mellish, who do you drop for charters? That's that's the only problem I can see with that with that midfield. Um, I, I think a Sheffield United they played him at left back. You know, he, he's definitely got the quality to sort of be in a League Two team, and I think he has shown it. And I, I was very surprised to see him drop for the next game. But yeah, no, he, he, he is a good talent. Uh, Twenty, I believe, he is now. You know, he's coming into them years where he should be playing first team football, and he is. You know, he's definitely the best. Uh, that, that sounds a bit harsh, but he's definitely the one that stands out, I mean, amongst the sort of youth graduates at the minute, you know, Josh Dixon mm. and, and Lewis Bell. He certainly is the one that stands out. But someone else I noticed, Gavin Skelton seems to really like him. In all the games he's been in charge in, Taylor's been involved in each one, whether it be in the starting eleven or uh, from the bench. But uh, no, yeah, he's definitely got a future at the club and I think it's only a matter of time before some championship club comes in with a, you know, £5.50 for him, so <laughs> it holds well, he'll snatch right up. See, for me, as it, 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 I'm glad that you mentioned that he plays left-back. He can play left-back, and he did like, when in his early stages uh, coming into the team, he was sort of like a left-back cover 
And it does remind me a lot of uh, Brad Potts when Brad Potts was coming through because obviously mm. he can play centrally in the midfield, but he came through as more of a left-back, a left-sided player. And uh, that does help players because then they end up developing two feet as well if they're not always natural left-backs. And then, you know, it just turns them into really versatile players for later on in their career. Um, we'll stick to the game's timeline, sorry. Uh, Telford went 2-1 up. Uh, sorry, not Telford. Newport County went 2-1 up with another goal from Telford. McDonald sort of just, just couldn't keep up with his man and couldn't get goal side of him. He was just dragged across from one side of the box to the other side of the box and uh, just couldn't get goal side of his man. And he just, he finished quite well. Um, unfortunate for Howard there. Um, just just not a good enough cover in front of him just to stop the shots from coming in. Um, unfortunate. And like, I don't want to go on about McDonald's poor performance. So we'll just move on. It's 2-1 Newport County. Uh, we're coming out for the second half. And uh, there's not a lot of highlights early on until... There's a moment of madness when one of the Newport County defenders blocks the ball on the line with his hand. And if you watch the replay back, it's ridiculous the way the defenders try and cover it up by patting him on the head and being like, good header. There's a good header that was. Good header. Good good defender. Well done. Good defender. He did it with his head. He never did it with his head. The referee saw straight through it, looked at his linesman. I think they were just sort of like, yep, that's a penalty. Yep, that's a penalty. And boom, red card, penalty. Clough steps up. Clough scores. Clough's the man that you want on the set pieces at the moment, especially especially penalties. He needs the goals under his belt. You want him to get the confidence. Uh, 2-2, Carlisle United. Newport County down to 10 men. You must be thinking, come on, lads, let's get another one. <laughs> yeah, at that point, uh, Newport just smashed 10 men behind the ball at all times, really, didn't they? It was very much, you know, keep it a draw. And, and then later on in the game, they, uh, they go down to nine men. And you think, surely you can find some it somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, look, um, that penalty, good penalty. And it was a good position to get into to win the penalty as well because it's not as if, it, like, he's dived on the edge of the box or something like that. If if that penalty isn't given away, it's a goal anyways, if you get what I mean. You know, that, that I, I love the way defenders do that, to be honest with you. I think it's top shit houseery the way they just they save it with their hand and pretend they haven't touched it. It's Rich um, <laughs> James did one in the Premier League, didn't they? Yeah. I remember Trent Alexander-Arnold did one against Newcastle. I think it's it, it is brilliant the way they do it. But uh, no, I think the Carlisle players' reactions sold it to the referee more than anything else because they just started. They just looked every single one of them looked at the referee and shouted penalty. And if every every single one of them's doing that like unanimously, it's pretty obvious what they've seen. And I think the ref saw it himself anyways. But yeah, no, it was blatantly a penalty for me. Yeah. Um, Newport County had misery added to misery when they went down to nine men. Uh, there was a bit of a weird incident where the referee already blew his whistle for a, uh, a tackle and gave Carlisle a free kick. And it was just like three or four seconds after the whistle went, a Newport County player followed through. Um, I don't know if he was trying to think, oh, I'll stop the advantage from happening, but the whistle went, so there wasn't an advantage happening and uh, he got a second yellow card and he was sent off and it's just it was just disappointing mate when the team goes down to nine men you don't care if you've got two minutes left or 20 minutes left you th- you think you're going to win that game when they go down to nine men you think you're just going to pile people up front and um, in my opinion we didn't necessarily make the moves at the end of the game to um, to say that we were properly going for the game 
Fishburne wasn't brought on until the 90th minute and he was swapped off for Clough. Um, and really, you would have kept your strikers on and maybe sacrificed the defender since you've got the man-to-man advantage. But that wasn't the move that was made. Disappointing, like I've said, for Carlisle not to go on and claim the victory there. Quickly, Liam, can I get your man of the match for the Newport County game, please? Man of the match, um, a goal and assist. Zach Clough, it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, His first man of the match performance. It is. It has to be Zach Clough, doesn't it? You know, and well done to him. It's it's been a while since he joined the club now, and he's finally starting to pick up a little bit of form. Yeah, it is nice to see um, Zach Clough. Yeah, picking up some form finally, and um, just just I don't think I don't think he feels the chip on his shoulder that he was feeling maybe three or four weeks ago, and maybe Chris Beach was laying it on thick a bit with Clough and he was feeling a bit of pressure. And now that pressure's maybe gone and he looks to be playing a little bit more freely. But we don't want to throw too many accusations around. Although, although it's not much of an accusation to say that Clough, uh, Clough Beach could be a bit short um, in interviews and things. And you could believe that he could be a bit short when a player's not doing too well for him, when he's kind of stuck his neck out on the line. When he brought in Clough, that was his marquee signing. And when he didn't score goals straight away, it did start putting pressure on Beach early on. Yeah. You could imagine there was a bit of tension in that relationship. I'm glad I managed to bring that round full circle in quite a nice little way. <laughs> um, we'll move on to talk about the Oldham game. Uh, there's not as much that went on in the Oldham game, obviously. It was nil-nil. There was some good football being played on the ground by Carlisle United. Just not a lot of um, great venom in the final third when you would have liked to have seen a touch taken and the ball brought inside. There was a lot of first-time efforts being made. And sometimes you just need an attacker with a little bit more composure. You start in line-up for the Oldham game. I think there was only the one change. Now I've looked at the starting lineup. Charters came out and Armour went in and then he moved a couple of people around and changed the formation a little bit. So we've got Howard and Goal, Riley, Whelan, McDonald and Armour. Oh no, Whelan back in the team as well for Feeney. Uh, then you've got Mellish, Guy, Gibson, Dickinson and Clough in sort of a, a raised midfield with Mellish and Guy at the base and the other three in front of them. And then Alessandra playing the sort of lone striker, but you would imagine with a lot of support coming through. Now, like I said... It looked like Carlisle had some pretty nice football being played on the ground. Uh, we used the Brunton Park pitch to our advantage, which is what I've been begging the team to do, is just use that surface. Don't put anyone on the pitch that isn't in the defensive line that is over six foot, because we don't need them. We don't need the big and slow lads. We need lads that can play football on the ground. And if we have the ball and we play it on the ground, then we'll be fine in the attacking third and we'll be able to move the ball forward but if we try to do the long ball it doesn't work and we all know that now don't we not a lot of highlights like i said clough had a free kick early on and it's nice to see someone having shots from free kicks that isn't callum guy because that's never been his forte couldn't really do a goal from a free kick last season so you're not going to put it on his shoulders to do it this campaign clough with a good effort showing a nice bit of initiative early on. And Baffin Bula, I think, is the person that was on every Carlisle United fans yeah, wish list over the summer, maybe. Or it's the sort of person that you didn't want to play against you 
this year you were hoping yeah. he was going to get a move and maybe get moved up a division and we wouldn't have to worry about him next year. And all of them would really, really struggle without Baff and Bula. Um, he was causing a lot of trouble, but not as much trouble as he caused last year. So on occasion, he did make the Carlisle defence look a bit silly. But last year, he broke the Carlisle defence two or three times over the course of the couple of games, setting up assists and scoring goals against that back line. So you can say that maybe they're a little bit more wise to their main threat and they managed to sort of stop him. What Baffenbula did remind me of at Brunton Park was when Francois Zoko just couldn't get the ball to fall his way. That's what he reminded me of on that day. One of those days where Zoko would have to come off after 58 minutes, 56 minutes, because it just wasn't falling his way. And you put the big target man on and just try and get the ball up front for the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, Carlos defence did okay there, mate. Um, don't get me wrong. There was an occasion where Alden broke down the back line and the ball went in the back of the Carlisle United net, but it was offside. Mate, you were at the game at Brunton Park. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed that when the Alden fans realised that it wasn't a goal. Uh, what was the atmosphere like at Brunton Park? Brunton Park, I, I think it, it's, it shows the state of the club at the minute. It, it, I think the attendance was dwindling a little bit, but I, I thought... Despite the attendance going down, it was one of the loudest I've heard the fans be, and away and home, because there was singing in the Brunton Park stands, and that that's something that I think has been sort of missing recently. And um, it, that probably came with us playing really well in the first half, because we played well. The Carla fans had so much singing about. The Warwick Road end was loud. Um, the Oldham fans had their protest banners, and some you should notice with um, away fans is if they don't sing uh, just a small town in Scotland or Carlisle's or shit all around like that. They didn't sing about us. They didn't sing about their own players. For 90 minutes, they chanted that they wanted their owners out all game long. That is all they said. Like, not anything else but that. Uh, So, yeah, I I do feel a little bit bad for Oldham, but the atmosphere there, uh, it was... The two, the away fans and the home sides weren't singing against each other. They were sort of singing, sort so, sort of to sort of together because we're both in a very similar situation in terms of our owners. But I, I thought I thought it was a really in, interesting. I think the word would be interesting atmosphere, especially with their banners because they had big uh, "We Want You Out" banners in their end and in the uh, the waterworks end. But it it was a strange atmosphere today, and I think that contributed to the quality of the game. Yeah, maybe a bit of a nervy one translating onto the pitch there and just affected the players a little bit. One of the players that it didn't look like it affected was uh, was Howard in goal, who's been having a good start to his Carlisle United career. And I would be quite happy to see his contract extended until the end of the season, with the caveat being, obviously, that Jensen goes back to Burnley. If we're not going to use him, he, look, he cuts a big depressing figure on that bench. He really does not look happy sitting on that bench anymore, mate. He doesn't. Uh, so I reckon he'll want to get his, especially when it starts getting cold and windy, he'll want to get himself <laughs> off. It'll be nicer sitting on the bench at Burnley than it will be sitting on the bench at Carlisle in the cold days. I'm sure they've got blankets up there, uh, down there at Burnley <laughs> to keep them warm on the bench um, in the reserve leagues. But yeah, um, he's been making a great start to his Carlisle United career. Has, has Howard been impressing you? Oh yeah, he, he he's an example of what can be found in that free agent market. You know, just that experienced kind of old quality. And something I noticed with Jensen as well is uh, 
he played for Burnley's under-23s, uh, I think, yesterday. So he is technically still on loan with us, but he has gone back and played for Burnley. And I think that is a bit of a a sign of things to come if, to come if I'm honest with you, because um, Mark Howard needs to stay, to be honest with you. He's one of the only reasons we didn't lose that game yesterday. He made an amazing save from a, a, a quite a brilliant shot. I think it might have been from... No, it wasn't Barham Builder. It was one of their young lads um, in the midfield. Um, but took an amazing shot. He touches it on the post. Uh, one of their players follows it in. It's ruled offside. I don't know if it was, to be perfectly honest with you. A lot of people said it wasn't, but he was the one that made that save and he made a number of brilliant saves against Oldham. He's just... Howard is one of them players that he's come in and made an impact straight away. You know, he, he wasn't one that sort of like... He wasn't a big signing in a way. You know, there wasn't a big like excitement for him coming in. But no, there's no fan proved... for Howard. No, definitely not. No, exactly. But he's, he's coming and proved that he was... <laughs> that he is quality in, in, in the in next, and he, we do need to keep hold of him for at least till the end of the season. Yeah, I, I hope I hope Scunthorpe rue the day that they let him go, to be honest, and I hope Scunthorpe stay rooted to the bottom of the table because that'll make life a lot easier for us going forward. And obviously, looking at the table after Carlisle's two draws back-to-back, we are lifted out of the relegation zone, but not with any confidence, really. We're just teetering on the edge with a point uh, above Mansfield and Scunthorpe, so a lot can change in just one more week of football. Um, looking at the league table, there's a lot for the new manager to do. So, should we have a little crack about the new manager? Oh, first, sorry, before we talk about the new manager, man of the match for the <laughs> Oldham game. Very easy. And I think he's the reason that we played so well in this game is that he's coming back into his old form. Callum Guy, the captain, he played brilliantly in that game in the midfield. He was back to, if you remember last season, them mad interceptions he used to do, where he would come sliding in, take the ball before it reached its opponent. Um, but he he ran the game that, that day. You know, he him coming back into form could be the key to us getting up the table because the way he dictated stuff, the tackles he made, it was like watching Callum Guy from that amazing run last season. You know, I mentioned that a lot uh, today, but uh, that that uh, the Callum Guy from last season, it looked a lot more like him against Oldham. Yeah, um, and I'm going to go for Mark Howard because he was just consistent and he continues to be consistent. And something what Carlisle needs right now is a nice bit of consistency. Now, mate, before we jump on to talk about Carlisle's new manager, I nearly forgot about one of our newest features, which is basically we just ask some of the lovely listeners what their opinions of the matches have been on the Facebook page. They make a comment and then we read it out right now on the show. So Baz Whedon said about the Oldham game that it was a shambles. They haven't got one player in that team who can score goals and can't see us staying up, getting worse to watch every week. Not one good thing to say about this team. I think that's harsh. I think that's harsh. What are you, that's what are you very saying, harsh. Mitch? I think that's yeah, harsh, Baz. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I know where he's coming from, but we did play a lot better in that first half than we have for most of the season. At times, that was the best stuff I've seen us play all season. And you say we haven't got a, t- a player in the team who can score, but, you know, you've got Zach Clough who just the game before, scored one, assisted one. You know, we scored two goals last week. There are goals in the team. They just need to be unlocked because we've got 
decent attackers. They just need to link up better, I think. It's it's always that final pass that lets us down, sort of that final cross into the box. But um, yeah, no, it, it is a little bit harsh. But when you're, you know, you're one of the favourites for promotion come the start of the season, and now you're in the re- well, just come out of the relegation zone. It's it's understandable the frustration. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said a little bit earlier on, it's, it's more the quality and the composure in the final third of somebody just to take that extra touch and just, just yeah. put inside and just have the beating of a defender rather than trying to score a goal while they're being closed down by a defender. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be enough of that composure in front of goals. That Clough has looked at times to snatch at his opportunities because he's a bit desperate to score goals. Alessandra yeah, screams desperate to score goals every time he's on the pitch. <laughs> but that's also why I love him because he's obviously trying hard all the time, but it doesn't give, mean that he's got the best composure in front of goal. Um, Tristan Abrahams, I did say at the start of the season, I thought he might turn out to be a bit of a donkey. Um, he, he, he is looking like that way. He doesn't look like he's got a lot of quality with his feet on the ball at this level um, don't get me wrong if the ball falls to him six feet outside of the net he will stick it home um, but other <laughs> than that there isn't a lot more to his game he's more of a dead-eyed finisher um, when he's got a god-given opportunity right in front of him um, and they do come against poor teams but we've not necessarily been playing that long ball style of football with all the scraps that he gets to fight off. We're playing ball into feet and he hasn't got necessarily the quality to be playing ball into feet football. Um, yeah, I just, it's a bit harsh to tan everybody with the same brush. Uh, Gary Sharman said, uh, for me, we showed good determination to win the ball back, pass the ball about well in defence slash midfield. Okay, we lost possession on occasion. This was going to happen at times. Mellish a few times. We were let down in the final third. That final ball crossed into the box and it was evident we need a striker to get himself into the right positions. Now, Gary went on to say more than that, but it sounds like pretty much we're all in agreement that we want a striker. Um, yeah. From what, from what Gary's saying. Gary went on to say, for me, okay, it wasn't a northerner El Clasico, but for me, <laughs> it's a bit of a funny one, Gary. I like it. He'll <laughs> uh, be coming on the show uh, in a couple of weeks, actually. For me, there's enough positives to believe the right manager can turn things around. A lot of reasons to keep positive about the joys of following the blues, as frustrating as it can be. Dickinson frustrated me yesterday with his final play, but hey, always next week. So a little bit more positive, but Gary's sort of seeing both sides of the coin there. Um, He's pointed out the good side, obviously, with the defence and the midfield being able to win the ball back effectively, um, which kind of stops the ball from getting into Baffenbula, which stops him from being able to run at your defenders. So it looked like there's a good game plan stopping them from playing football. Um, yeah, good words from Gary. Yeah, he's, he's got his spot on there. And I think what he said towards the start about was winning the ball back. That was, for me, purely Caleb Guy being in good form. So that's exactly this, exactly what I noticed. I think he has got his spot on there. Um, that winning the ball back, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Callum Guy, it, it, it was all in for that. 
Yeah. Uh, Chris Ross said a lot, I'll be honest with you, but probably the most interesting thing Chris Ross said was he was completely baffled as to why Skelton swapped Dickinson and Clough in the second half, took both players out of the game and then took Clough off after they had both done okay in the first half. And Clough was really good in the hole at Newport. Um, Yeah. You were at the game, mate. How do you feel that Skelton's changes affected the game? Um, I think some of them were a bit... He's trying to prove that he's... and Rightfully so. He's trying to prove that he's got the managerial skills, the decision-making skills to sort of go for that that job. But um, I, 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 to an extent, you know, I think he's trying to prove a point with him making these substitutions. Because if he makes a sub, that substitution goes on to score the winner. He gets called an absolute genius. But if they don't work... Then, then, then he gets called, you know, unnecessary. But I saw, I can see what he was trying to do. But Zach Clough coming off, I didn't agree with. And he put Tristan Abrams on. I, I just throughout this entire season, each footballer's got a bit of an attribute. And I know you said he's good at scoring. In an, in an essence, he's good at scoring tappings. You know, I'm good at scoring tappings. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of an attribute that Tristan Abrams has that sort of contributes. Yeah, that, to the, that, that attribute on its own does not give you enough warrant to be in starting lineup week in week out <laughs> at all. No, 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 if anything, I'd be more interested to see what Impala can do. Yeah, he looks like he can run with the ball. Yeah, yeah, he's got that little bit of skill about him. But with Tristan Abrams, without trying to um, seem too harsh, you know, Clough's got the skill. Abrams is, you know, Abrams doesn't really have anything. You know, uh, Mampala's got the skills. Clough's got the skills. You know, Toure's got that little flick. I just don't see anything in Tristan Abrahams, which I, I know sounds really harsh. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be, but I don't see what he brings to the team. Because do you remember all the Mola who used to play for us uh, on loan from Scunthorpe? He came in, and although he wasn't the best footballer, you could see what he was there to do. He would back into people, keep the ball up the top. He had, like... He had a purpose, but I'd, I can't see what Tristan Abrahams' purpose in the team is because they're not playing <laughs> to his strengths, whatever they are. I just can't see what, what the point of him being in the team is. That's it. It doesn't, it doesn't have enough to his game to say that he's one of those hard-working um, strikers that gets the knockdowns to his other teammates. He doesn't get the assists. He can't turn with his back to goal necessarily. He's not good at finding the through balls. Yeah, yeah it's... It's a bit of a another one of those signings that Chris Beach have made where you're kind of like, mm, why? And then when you played against Newport, I'm pretty sure Tristan had a stint at Newport last season. And I think he scored something like three goals in 15 games uh, while he was on loan for, for, or he was either there and then he was loaned to somewhere else. But he spent half of last season yeah. with Newport and was not impressive. And it's, it's the same thing here at Carlisle, who scored three or four goals and it is going to have about 15, 16 appearances to his name before he goes to Wrexham in the summer. Um, so we'll, we'll, just, we'll just, see it, just see how it goes, isn't it? <laughs> so we will move on finally to our last little bit of Carlisle United news. And it's probably the biggest bit of news that has came out of Brunton Park uh, this week. And it is the appointment of Keith Millen as Carlisle's newest Manager, the 55-year-old ex-defender, has signed a 18-month 
contract now is a little bit of an unknown for me. And when I've been doing my research, he is a bit of an unknown. He's spent more time being a caretaker manager and a coach than he has been a first team manager. He has more recently had first team management experience over in Sweden, which I always think is interesting because you've got to have some determination to go over to a place like Sweden as an Englishman and, and play some you know, manage a football team because it's not as English friendly speaking as what people think it is, a Scandinavia. There's not that many people that speak English over in Scandinavia. Um, and you're taking a risk, aren't you? Like you've got to love football to do that, yeah. especially when you're in your 50s to be going over to Sweden to get your opportunity to be a first team manager again. Now, mate, what do you know about Keith Millen? Keith Millen spent most of his career as a player at Brentford. Um, something to note about that, his centre-back partnership for a good few seasons was Dean Holdsworth, David Holdsworth's brother. And I, uh, I, I, I see a, a big connection between the two there. David Holdsworth has been criticised massively by the fans. And what I think he's done here is brought in one of his mates. Just... Uh, He's got an excuse. He's brought in oh, one of his mates. That would all make sense as well. Millen was yeah. nowhere near the odds. I never really saw his name potted about no, anything. Um, it was funny to see, because obviously the Bristol City connection, you would think that like Simo, you know, maybe maybe this has got something yeah. to do with Simo. Maybe Simo might have some kind of role at Carlisle United <laughs> I'd rather in the it was future. Him. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? You would rather it was Simo. <laughs> <laughs> It's a strange move that's came out of left field. It really is. Um, doesn't have the best reputations in management because he hasn't got a lot of experience in management. Um, apparently, he's impressed the board in this interview because he has a good knowledge of Carlisle United's current team, the league that we're playing in, and the transfer targets that he was going to be touting impressed the board, which probably means that they were cheap. Um, yep. I'm, I'm not full of excitement. I'm glad we've appointed somebody, though, you know? Yeah, it's good. It's it's probably the best time just before this these next few games to appoint a manager. It's just a thing of he's coming in and his biggest attribute is that he knows other people. That's 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 his biggest attribute. His biggest attribute is his contact book of who he can sign. And I, I like to give everyone a chance, but it's not one that's going to fill the fans with much hope. You know, he's 55. He looks about 90. You know, <laughs> <It does. laughs> the pictures look awful. Like, what is he's yeah, got the absolutely. same tie up? They've got the same ties on. Like, <laughs> he's uh... pretty much just a member of that board that the fans hate so much. He's, he's, I, I am going to give a chance. Is... I'm not going to slip much, but he, he is right, just one of those like that. He looks like that. Yeah, yeah they've not done him any favour. At least Beach would wear his like CB shirt, his sport attire. Yeah. Like he could separate himself. He was obviously, you could link him closer to the team than you would to the boardroom. But yeah, you're right. Like when you walk out, it'd be interesting to see what he wears on the sideline week in, week out, if he's going to be a suit and a booted manager. Because you don't see him much at this level anymore, mate. You do not see him much. You might see a jumper and a, and a shirt and tie, but you don't see a jacket <laughs> and a shirt and tie very much. Yeah, look, with, with him, it's a thing of, if he do, goes on and does well, then I'm happy. But until then, I'm, I'm going to be more sceptical than I am of most other managers just because of his links with the board itself. You know, it, 
I hope it does well. I, I I hope I'm proved wrong by this, but I can't see it 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 going well for him, unfortunately. And that's another thing. He's on an 18 month deal. You know, most most managers sign three year deals. You know, you look at when he his first managerial job uh, ten years ago, also his last until the one in Sweden last year. Um, <laughs> he signed a three year deal with that one. Only lived out a year of it. So look. Have we had to, we'll well have to pay a compo on that, surely? Unless there's some yeah. kind of clause in his contract that says English professional team comes in for me, I can leave <laughs> without I compo. doubt they're going to be demanding that much money over in Sweden. But uh, no, yeah, I, okay. I, I, can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't predict it. You know, it, it'll be like, you know, we got Sedwin Scott from Hedburn Town. You know, we'll have to pay something, but it won't be anything much, you know. Yeah, we, we, pay, we paid with a pre-season friendly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They got their preseason friendly. That's how we paid for it. I'm sure sixty odd people turned up. I'm sure they got it out of the ticket revenue. That's yeah, well, they were done dirty, weren't they? Because they had work in Reds friendly the exact same day at the exact same time with that match. Yeah. I, felt, I felt a bit sorry for Heaven Town. I don't understand why they did that. And then, and then in the preseason as well, they cancelled that game against Lancaster City because there were too many bloody injuries with the team. And I was going to go to that game at Lancaster City and have a great weekend. <laughs> they proper ruined, proper ruined my weekend. They did by doing that, by <laughs> splitting the friendlies up like that, and then having such thin squads, and then having players get injured because they're playing too many minutes too early in preseason. Mister Chris Beach, I'm looking at you, sir. Um, Chris Beach apparently being rumoured to be um, getting interviewed for the Charlton job. So maybe not being out of football management for too long. I'm sure he won't want to be out of football management for too no. long and he'll take the next um, professional football job that comes his way if it's a first-team manager's kind yeah, of position. Absolutely. If you guess, I think he's a great manager, if I'm honest with you. He's 10 times better than Presley. He's, he's one of my favourite managers since since maybe Keith Curl. You know, I liked, I liked him more than I liked... Sheridan, Presley, them ones. He, he had a bit about him, I think, and he got us that first bit of success. And I'm a bit disappointed it didn't work out because I think the board let him down a little bit. But it, I, I, I was a bit sad to see Chris Beach go. If, if I'm honest with you, I, I would have given him. I maybe would have given him a little bit more time if I was the board. But I think Chris Beach leaving was best for Chris Beach's career more than anything, because I think Charlton would be looking to have him. I'm, I'm genuinely serious. Do I think he'll get the job? Probably not, but he will be back in management before you know it, possibly at a higher level. Yeah, I think so. I think with the way that we he took Carla, I reckon he can blag a board into being like, oh, it all fell apart because of COVID. And you know what I mean? Just get people to look at the right side of his CV and uh, blame the board for this season and not being back properly and losing the players that he had to obviously lose uh, coming into the start of this season, losing Hayden and Tanner. Um, and obviously not being able to sign up certain players like he would have definitely signed up like Zanzala and probably Farman he probably would have kept Farman in as well Um, I'm looking into Keith Millen's eyes right now mate and and, and staring at his face he's uh, he's got he's got really small eyes like two two tiny tiny butter beans Um, that picture they had with uh, with Clibbons they looked like a Bond villain together. It was like they had they had Clibbins and him, and it just it it didn't look great. I don't know what they're expecting with that picture because they look they look like bad guys out of a film or something like that. Terrible. Oh man, <laughs> they do. They look like they've just came together with some evil plan. But do you know, like it's a silly. 
It's a silly one as well because you know, you know, Mike Ashley proper sorted Steve Bruce out. Mike Ashley knew that Newcastle were going to get bought out within the next year and gave Steve Bruce a big old eight-year contract, five-year, whatever, big five-year contract, knowing that there'd be a big fat bit of compensation going that man's way. But when our board had the opportunity to grease up one of their mates, they only give them an 18-month deal. <laughs> so it's like they even shaft their own mates over. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well... It does, does, does make me believe that this board is going nowhere anytime soon and they are trying to look oh, out no, for the... Don't expect that. I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. that. I think the, the temporary board are going to go well into their 12th year in charge. And I think it's going to be... Um, yeah, don't expect them to go anywhere anytime soon, despite what they're going to say. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, mate. In the corner of my screen right now, there is an advert for a lottery ticket that looks mighty tempting. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to just inject some cash into Carlisle United and put some nice people in charge for you. You know, that'd be an all right, that'd be an all right way to go out. That's right. That's right. But apparently it's not been good enough. It's not good enough, no, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's not good enough is what's happening at the minute. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather take a, a, a tiny bit of a risk with another sort of millionaire sort of person to come in and do something with the club because... You can't get much lower than what we've got with the infrastructure that we've got. Like No, exactly. And um, you, you just look at you look at what's happening at the minute. They, they took over when we were pushing for the championship and now we're, we could go down on the conference. You know, if that's not bad management, then I really don't know what is. If they're looking out, they're trying to get somebody who isn't going to come and run us badly just look for somebody that isn't doing what you're doing at the minute you know because it's it, it, it is an absolute shambles at the minute and i'd rather i'd rather go through some ups and downs than just this slow slow yeah. decline mate yeah i'd rather go through some ups and downs i really would um and if if the ass falls out of this team and we get relegated into the conference they they fuck themselves because their assets just just not valuable anymore it's just not as valuable as what it was and that's when story stepped in and bought the club is when they dropped out of the football league you know because he knew that you get them you take them back up again because you don't have to invest that much money because the stadium's the biggest in the division the team's the best in the division the training facilities are the best in the division you know you just need to get something right get them in the playoffs get them promoted again and you've got you've doubled you've, you've doubled your asset overnight but this yeah. this this board are just they're just losing, 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 losing more reputation, losing more grip on reality, losing more money every week that they're in the club because the attendances are going down, the interest yep. is going down. They don't look after the fans the way that they've been looked after in the past. They're not giving away free tickets to school children and getting the next generation interested in these football matches and interested in supporting the local team and not explaining to people what it means to support your local team and how much it affects the team when you do financially back them by buying a football shirt by buying a scarf and this board do not thank anybody for anything you know well no. all the sort of fan days are a thing of the past the, the way they used to be a full-on day of adventures and you could go and meet and greet players and pick up the trophies and i know covid's yeah. been and that kind of ruins things a little bit but mate there's none of that anymore there's none of that thank you for buying a season ticket no. there's none of that thank you for getting a shirt there's none of that anymore there's nothing that comes for free uh when you sit down in the east stand you don't get a flag you don't get a scarf you don't get a hat like you, you could get back in there when story was there and it's just it's just 
Yeah, mate. It's just, I'm sick of it, pal. I'm sick of it. And the thing is, if we go down, we're not coming back up. You look at some of the teams in that division that I would be scared we'll get to stripped. go up against. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get stripped, yeah. Yeah. You look at Wrexham, Stockport, them, them teams down there with money. We would we have one of the lowest budgets in that division. <laughs> Never mind League Two. That's you, it. If we, if we went down in that division, we'd, we wouldn't get relegated again, I don't think. But we wouldn't be nowhere near coming up. We'd be where your villa are now. Yeah. Uh, mid-table. Struggling. And, and what scared me as well with the board is that's maybe where they're looking at because they were looking at appointing your villa's manager. He was one of the favourites for the uh, for the for the Carlisle job until it was announced just now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's just down, down, down for us at the minute, and it, it's one of the joys of being a League Two fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can have a lot of complaints, but not a lot of people want to hear them. But thank Christ, we have things like Blue Army TV and the Blue Army Podcast, <laughs> so we can get these things off our chest, and people out there do actually care, just like we care. Um, Right, well, uh, we'll get away from the doom and gloom and seriousness of the world and move on into a bit of fun, mate. Next time you are on the Blue Army podcast, we are going to go head-to-head in the second of our challenges, the first of which was obviously a football manager fantasy draft. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun, mate. We broke that up over the summer. Um, I think it was around episode 29 and 30, something like that for me on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to them, they're there. But if you want to go back and watch them, they're on the Blue Army TV YouTube channel. So you'll easily be able to find those videos. And we did a fantasy draft based off teams of players that had only ever played for Carlisle United and were included in the Football Manager 21 database. 22 is coming out soon, mate. There might be another challenge on the horizon, but that's not the next challenge. The next (laughs) challenge, mate, are you ready for this one? Here we go. The next challenge is going to be a mastermind style quiz, okay? The rules are you cannot pick a season any further sort of forward than the last five years. So you have to pick a season from 2016, 17 downwards, backwards, any season from Carlisle United's history from five years and below, pick your season and Wills will be back with us and he will join us and he will have questions for you on the season that you've picked. So you tell him the season that you've picked. Uh, by some kind of direct message or whatever. We'll get it across to him. I'll tell him the season that I'm picking. He'll have a while to come up with a minute's worth of questions for both of us to answer. And then we'll start the clock. We'll reveal our mastermind subject seasons and we'll go head to head and see who can answer the most amount of questions about that particular Carlisle United season in a minute. How does that sound, mate? That sounds quality. I think I've got a season in mind, if I'm honest with you. Oh, you've already lined one up? Me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I've got mine in the bag, mate. I've got mine in the bag. But we, will, we won't reveal anything just yet. We will reveal all the next time that you're on the Blue Army podcast, which will probably be around the lovely Christmas period. Eh? We'll get a cheeky recording in, yeah. in advance doing a quiz so we don't have to bug each other during the busy, busy Christmas periods mate thank you so much for joining me for today's episode 
Yeah, pleasure to be on. It's 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 great coming on here, especially with uh, especially with the recent news that you've jumped into the top fifty in the country. It's great. That's it. You have to add that. You have to add that side category there, otherwise the comment section will just kick <laughs> off, mate. Like, yeah, you have to yeah. put that in there. It is the Blue Army <laughs> podcast reached 49th in the uh, Apple iTunes charts for footballing podcasts in the UK. That's the first time we've appeared inside the top 50. Uh, the first time we appeared inside the top 200, we were actually 198 in Norway <laughs> as well. So um, posting on that Cumbrian Scandinavian page did definitely have some kind of effect. And I want to get back into the top 200 of Scandinavia again, but for now, I'm very happy, very, very happy being a top 50 podcast officially in the UK. Thank you very much for bigging us up there, Liam. <laughs> it's worth mentioning in it. And uh, yeah, so if you guys are interested in getting involved with anything over here on the Blue Army podcast, you can send an email to the Blue Army pod at gmail.com. Once again, that is the Blue Army pod at gmail.com. Com. If you want to come and get involved and ask some questions to me and Liam and, and maybe get involved in a challenge or something, we're always down for something, aren't we, mate? Yeah, top stuff. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Right then, that's enough from us. Thank you very much for listening. This has been episode 40 of the Blue Army podcast. Nothing left to say, but bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.